BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As always, by Geek Vibes Nation, I am your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? What up, Nick? Let's do this. Uh, Nothing much, man. Just fucking chilling, ready to talk some NBA. Uh, Jawan Carter is also on the line. What up, Jawan? What's going on? Ah, same exact same thing as I said to Joel. <laughs> gotcha. Um, <laughs> uh, but we do have several NBA topics to discuss, so I guess that's what's going on. And the first one is, uh, you know, it's a me, a Mario, and I uh, block LeBron James a shot. Uh, uh, that's my best possible <laughs> Super Mario impersonation. So, um, thank you. So yeah, let's get started there. Thank you. Uh, the LA Lakers, uh, they were up double digits with under four minutes left in Sunday's game versus the Knicks, but managed to crumble down the stretch. And the game was bookended by a last-second block from Mario Hazonia, none other than Mario Hazonia. Blocks LeBron James to seal the victory. Uh, so, for our resident Knicks fan, uh, Joel, and uh, Joan, you're not considered a resident Knicks fan. You're like a <laughs> like a uh, uh, like a Knicks Fairweather fan, if you will. Um, but uh, for our resident Knicks fan, <laughs> Joel Jimenez, diehard Knicks fan, uh, what were your thoughts on Hazonia blocking the shot? Uh, and then, you know, with the image of, of LeBron on his knee and Hazonia kind of laughing at him off in the, off in the fucking other side well, of the court. Well, Mario Hazonia is uh, – he's been spotty all season. But, you know, when he has a chance to clown a legend or a, a big-time star, <laughs> he will. He did it already. He Giannis did it earlier to Giannis. Yeah. yeah, he clowned him a little bit and uh, dunked on him. They cornered him, walked over him. Uh, now he did it to LeBron. He gave him that stare down like he did something super special. And he did. He, you know, he, he blocked him and won yeah. the game because of it. Yeah. So it's not like it was for nothing. But at the same time, 
it's Mario Hazonia. <laughs> like, so it's not like it's like anybody big or anything. Hazonia is lucky to be on a roster next year. Um, and he's played yeah. well since, you know, we put, we put him back in the rotation. But uh, it's just, you know, oh, shit. And, you know, like, it's just garbage minutes. It's just, we're just right. playing to play at this point. And Mario's just yeah. trying to, you know, get another contract. You know, he's on a one-year deal. And, he look, look, to me, he, he might have just, you know, Based on how he's been playing, he he may have found a spot uh, somewhere, some you know next year. Uh, he might have uh, or like won his way into a roster spot. And I'm happy. I'm happy for him because he definitely has the right attitude. He never bitches when he doesn't get minutes or he gets to sit for two games at a time. So I like his attitude. Uh, he's been fun to have, you know. But it was fun watching LeBron get blocked. It's just the Lakers are like, their season can't get any worse. Like, we suck ass. No. And we beat the, you know, we beat the Lakers, and we, we got our ass <laughs> decimated by the Raptors the next day by, like, 30, it felt like. And uh, So, I was like, yeah, it was fun to come out of there and sweep the Lakers this season, which I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You were able to, like, go out there and fuck up the Lakers, and you still didn't really hurt your draft stock <laughs> because you're no. so fucking yeah. bad. <laughs> so yeah. like, it's the most ideal situation. Like that's the yeah. that's the game you want to win. Like that's the right. exact game you want to win. And so it's just like it's 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 tanking to perfection. <laughs> right. So like I just you know to get finally get to have him not come out of there saying you know the like hashtag king in New York bullshit. I'm just happy I didn't have to see any of that this year. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I feel you. Uh, Hazonia, like, I don't know. I, I wonder if he'll just go back to the Euros next year. Because um, I feel like he'd dominate over there. Like, he'd be fucking great he'd be like, good. playing in the yeah, Euros. He'd be good. Yeah, he'd be really fucking good. Um, he, just, he doesn't have the athleticism. Um and I feel, I feel like that's something that, uh, you know, everybody just uh, underestimated when they were evaluating his draft stock, um, you know, coming into the league. And, they you know, I mean, we've just seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they underestimated his lack of it. Um, there you go. And, uh, and so, yeah, so, I mean – I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he finds a roster spot. Maybe not. I don't see him helping anybody win games. Because, um, you know, I mean, he, he's a decent shooter. But, like, it, it, right. he's I, – I think the only, like, potential team I could see him, like, fitting on is maybe, like, a Golden State team. Um, right. If they lose KD, like, they could sign him to, like, a vet minimum deal and just get him open shots from – all the movement between Steph and Draymond and Clay, um, like maybe that's a possibility, um, but that's like the only type of it. It would take a system that fucking beautiful um, for him to be at all productive. Um, right. And he he you know to be fair to him, he has not been in that system. I mean, the Magic have not really had a system, and the Knicks haven't really had a system this year. Um, so, you know, and he's not – he's just not a guy who can get his own shot, like not in the NBA. No. Um, no. So yeah. – uh, but nevertheless, it just – for all of those reasons, it makes this even worse. Um, oh, and by the way, he's he's the Michael Beasley uh, of the Knicks this year. 
Like you had Michael Beasley last year, <laughs> you get Mario Hazonia this year. Like never misses a chance go. to like fucking front, um, e- even though he probably doesn't deserve to do it. <laughs> um, right. But uh, but yeah, like uh, that it just kind of makes it all the worse, man. Like you know, it would have been one thing if like you know DeAndre Jordan blocked a shot or you know uh, fuck Mitchell Robinson blocked a shot. Um, right. he's fucking been a great shot blocker this year. Uh, but like for Mario Hazonia to block his shot, and, and yeah. man, LeBron just had no lift on that shot. Like it was embarrassing. No, he did. Um, hey, and don't get me wrong, Mario really had bad. some help from DeAndre. You know, DeAndre gave him. That's a true. Nudge he did. Right he kind of gave him that little <laughs> nudge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but like, nevertheless, man, like, yeah, it's just a bad look. It's a bad look for LeBron. Um. But uh, Jawan, uh, you know our our residential Fairweather Knicks fan. Uh, what are your thoughts, or what were your thoughts on the uh, on the block uh, by Hazonia on LeBron? Definitely not a Fairweather fan. Definitely a. Uh, I, I think I think you continue to forget that I was born in, in New Jersey. So I mean, you know, the Knicks aren't like. Golden State, so it's not like I'm hopping on a winning wagon here. Um, but no, uh, it it was hey, it man, was one of those things you where you can't root for Boston as much as you do and call yourself a Knicks fan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't root for Boston. I am a Kyrie Irving fan. I don't know. What do you want from me? Melo's not in the league anymore, so I I like to root for certain guys. Kyrie is that guy that I root for. I you know I rooted for him when hey. he was in uh, Cleveland. Hey Joel, let me let me ask you yeah. a quick question. Your favorite okay. player in the league is Anthony Davis, right? At the moment, yeah. Yeah, if he gets traded to Boston, are you going to root for uh, Boston? Or are you going to root for him on Boston? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even there think he's my that's favorite it, player anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, there yeah. You go. I'm, that's I'm the, sorry. That's the appropriate don't... answer, Jawan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't feel a rivalry when it's one-sided. Sorry, if the Knicks were better, then yeah, like the. It's, uh, it's the, not just sorry. one sport, though. That's why it's not. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm a Mets fan, so it's not like I'm Boston, Boston all the way down to my shop. <laughs> I root for Kyrie because he happens to be in Boston. If he was in Detroit, I'd be rooting for Detroit. Uh, but anyway, you're a player's guy. Hand, so, yeah, no, I have a team, but Kyrie is who I enjoy. If Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers, Joel's going to like the Lakers because Anthony Davis is playing on it. No, he's not. He no, fucking hates no, the Lakers. Yes, he is. Joel. I'm already no, falling he's not. off that wagon. Joel, if, <laughs> yeah. if Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers and they go to the finals, you're not going to root for him? No. It depends on if they're playing. Oh, you're not. full of crap. I'm not you're the Lakers. I don't want to see the Lakers win again. Yeah, uh, anyway, like, come on, dude. There's maybe two teams in the East that he would root for the Lakers over. Like, Boston and maybe Philly, but I don't even think Philly. Maybe. Even then, no. Mm-hmm. You know what? Fuck Philly, too, because I'm too close to them, motherfucker. Like, maybe one of those two teams. But any other team that came out of the East, you would root for them against the Lakers. Probably, yeah. I usually cheer for the East when it comes down to East versus West type of shit. Yeah, unless it's Boston. Like, yeah. All right. Um, but anyway... Let's not belabor the point. Only one time. Uh, Only Juwan, one time. The Fairweather Knicks fan, please make your that statement on Mario Hazonia's block. <laughs> Definitely not a fair Fairweather fan. But anyway, 
Um, the, the block, the block was not impressive. The block was not impressive. The drive wasn't impressive. There was nothing impressive about the end of that game. Um, Le- LeBron just overestimated himself in that last possession. Should have went for a shot. Just should have went for a shot. Um, I mean, it was one of those things where it was like it looked like if Pizonia wasn't able to to um, change the outcome of the shot, um, you know, he might have had help on the weak side from from DeAndre. I mean, it was somewhat smart for LeBron to clear out um, for the final play, but to me, LeBron's now at that stage where it's like, I don't know, damn if you do, damn if you don't, because I don't think he would have made the jumper if he had isolated himself to make the jumper. Um, so it was just, I, I don't know really what yeah, to Yeah, like, this ain't it, but, Toronto, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You ain't making I that jumper. Really There's to, only one um, team you're making that jumper in, <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely Toronto. Um, the good side is we don't have to play him again, so, like, we don't have to worry about LeBron getting upset and dropping, like, 90. Um, so that's good. Um, but as far as uh, Hazonia, it was a really good play, and I think what would not being talked about enough is that he played pretty good defense that entire game. Hazonia is a decent player. Um, depending on the moves that the Knicks make, um, I wouldn't be against having him back. I think um, with the Knicks not sure what their identity was this entire year and constantly changing and moving pieces around, um, a lot of people couldn't get comfortable um, because of all the changes. I mean, I think I've seen Lance Thomas play like three times this year. Um you know, and, and I wouldn't devalue what Lance could bring to the Knicks. So, as long as one of those guys, if we have room, I would like to see him come back, um, purely just to have moments like dunking on Giannis or blocking LeBron. Uh, so, just for the shock value of it. Um, but, yeah, this, this game <laughs> wasn't it, – it, it said more about how horrible the Lakers have played in the yeah, second half of this season yeah. than it did about the Knicks winning that game. It just – because, honestly, yeah. you look at this and you kind of go – LeBron, like, if you're still trying to be perceived as the best player in the world, you just absolutely cannot lose to the Knicks, even if you don't necessarily have help. Because I think on that Cavaliers team last year could have still probably beat this Knicks. So, I, I don't know. Oh, it yeah. could be a sign of, of LeBron getting old. And this is what we were afraid yeah. we were going – let me not say we. I was not ready to, uh, you know, to see, which is the idea of the end of LeBron. Um, and I think that is what we are slowly but surely approaching. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, what was it? There was an Easter, uh, anonymous Eastern Conference executive that said like LeBron doesn't have the ability to take four cadavers to the finals anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't have the ability to, to beat the That's Knicks super disrespectful though, anymore, Nick. much less take a Nick. to the finals. <laughs> like, Nick, that's I mean, disrespectful. That, I, I didn't say it. I said uh, uh, it was an no, actual I'm just quote saying, from an Easter conference. For that, guy, for that guy to say that is disrespectful because – if this exact roster, like change nothing, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, this exact roster was in the East, that'd be a playoff team. So it's like it's the oh, West. God, a lot yeah. of teams that, a lot of teams that we think are somewhat good that don't make it, um, we say didn't well, make it because the West is so tough. And I think I think the the I, I could be mistaken, but I think the executive did qualify. Um, 
that he he wasn't good enough to take quote unquote poor cadavers uh, to the um, to the finals in the West or whatever. I can't remember can, the exact quote. But. Can I can I say this, Nick? It to me sure. when you make that statement, you make it sound as if it's something that is the normal. Like no one in the NBA today is taking that stretch. Uh, that scrap no. team and taking it to the final. So the fact that he's been able to do it, <laughs> Nick, there is would... no one today. I'm not talking about ever today that could take that Lakers team, one player, that Lakers team to the final. There's there's no one in today's NBA. Well, I'm pretty think, sure they probably would have made it if he stayed healthy. I, to the finals or to the playoffs? Not to the finals. No, to the playoffs. Not yeah. to the finals. No. Yeah, not in yeah. the West. No, I'm, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying a player couldn't take them to the playoffs because this yeah, team yeah, was in the playoffs saying. before the I know what you're saying. The final. Um, yeah, but no one, no, no, no one said they would. No, never, no, no. no but the, here's the, the way thing. he said here's the thing. it. Let me let me qualify this um, because, like, I think all of the injuries this season certainly hurt them, uh, particularly yeah. LeBron's. But aside from that, like. Even if LeBron mm-hmm. stays healthy the whole time, um, like Lonzo's injury, uh, of course Ingram's mm-hmm. recent injury, um, but I, honestly, I would say maybe not this team, like in particular, um, because I mean we can all agree that this team was ill-fully constructed um, yeah. after they got LeBron. Um, so I would agree with that. Yeah. But I think if you swapped. Kevin Durant out for LeBron James on this team, they would be better. I don't know. They, I'm not saying they'd make the finals. I think they would be better um, because of what Kevin Durant can bring to the table versus what LeBron brings to the table with this squad. Um, because, I mean, you just you got two guys on the team um, in LeBron and Lonzo who do a lot of the same stuff. And they got Rondo who does a lot of the same stuff, just a lot worse. Um, and like, I, I think, you know, if, if you were, you know what, fuck that, fuck the Kevin Durant thing. I'll say this. I think if Paul George was on this team instead of LeBron, they'd be better. Um, because I just think he'd be a better fit. He'd be a better fit with the team. He plays better defense. He's a better scorer. Um, he's proven this year that he can be a scorer in clutch. Yeah, right. like, and, and I wouldn't have said this going into the season, so, like, I'm not trying to, like, be revisionist here, um, like, saying, uh, although I did say I think they would be better off taking Paul George than LeBron, but that was mainly because Paul George is still relatively young, whereas LeBron's a lot older, um, but it, I, it wasn't because I foresaw Paul George having this kind of season, Um but no, I mean, I think they would be better, and 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 that to me is the biggest thing that's going on here. Is like LeBron doesn't fit with any of these guys, just doesn't fit with them. Like it's not about their age or their ability or anything like that. It's just their skill set and what all everybody brings to the table. Um, he doesn't fit with them. Uh, now a lot of that can be fixed this off season. Um, because a lot of these players are coming off the books. Um, and a lot of that wasn't necessarily LeBron's fault. It was ultimately Polinka and Magic Johnson's fault. Um, but, I, I mean, I still think it, it's, despite all the injuries and everything else, for them to not make the playoffs, and, and for them to, 
bottom out. Like it's it, to me, it's not even that they didn't make the playoffs. It's like if you swap their record with the Kings, it's like, and they were like still there fighting and shit. It's like all right, like they barely missed the playoffs, you know. Like the you know the roster construction wasn't great, you know. A lot of this is Magic and Palinka's fault, um, but you know for them to bottom out and just to be this terrible, it, it it's a it looks it's a bad look. Yeah, I'm just saying I, I get what you're saying, and I don't necessarily completely disagree. Even though, like, when the Lakers were completely healthy, they were like fourth in the West. Um, but yeah, but they were fourth I'm, in the West. Like, they, wait, hold on, because I get tired of people saying this shit. They were fourth in the West, like twenty twenty two games into the season, and everybody was all jumbled together, and they had a really easy schedule the early part of the season. So, like. Yeah, you but sit here and say you have they were to, fourth in you the have West. to bring it up. You have to bring it up because since Why? since Christmas when LeBron went out, they haven't had a full squad for a long period of time. That sure, is the only like, time if, they had had a full squad. Okay, fine. Like I'll give you that, but like at the very least you should qualify what like like saying like they they need their full squad or whatever. Um, but like, I, like, if you look at their record with LeBron, um, it, it, it's not great. It's like, regardless of the time he missed, um, and like, sure, you can bring up the argument that like when he came back, Lonzo went down and all that. It's like, dude, but like, if you're LeBron James, like, you should be able to overcome Lonzo Ball not being in the lineup. Like, that shouldn't be something that that like derails your whole season. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, like, injuries, like, are a problem and everything, but, like, I don't, I, I think the notion that had LeBron just stayed healthy, that this team would be a playoff team is a little ill-founded, and, like, I, I, I don't know, I, like, I bought into it at first, but I don't buy into it anymore. I just think there's too many problems with this team for that to be, um, I don't for that to so be then, the okay. solution or the answer. So then if that's how you feel, do you feel the same? No, I won't even bring that example up because it'll go down Pandora's box. I'll just say this. The the way the guys <laughs> that said it, constructed it, was final. I get what you're saying about playoffs. Durant, Paul George, cool, whatever. Final is where I'm saying you obviously have something against LeBron in your heart because there's Honestly, no one in the NBA yeah. that can take that team to the finals. No one. Honestly, I don't that even know if the idea. exact quote – I don't even know if the exact quote was the finals. It may or may not have been. I, I'd have to go no, back and look final. it up. I'll try to – I listened to uh, Undisputed, and Shannon, yeah, and Shannon was uh, complaining about it. So, yeah, it was. Okay. And to use the right. cadavers was pretty messed up, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, – it's an interesting quote, but no, I mean, you, you certainly have a point. I mean, it 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 was said to be a, a an Eastern Conference um, executive. I'm sure that there's a lot of grudges held against LeBron in the Eastern Conference. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with you there. I mean, I I don't think it should have been. I think a lot of people were jumping on the bandwagon of LeBron's going to take his team to the finals. Uh, yep. This year, no, and I'm mad I think, about it. yeah, like ruin and, their, and, their, and, their 
whatever summer, early summer. Spring. Yeah, spring, and like, so, like it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a hot take earlier, like preseason. Like it wasn't. It, it I mean, it was, it was thought by a lot of people. Now, I don't think any of us necessarily thought it. Um, I, I think know. we all thought that I'll it would be, be honest, a playoff team. I'll be honest, Nick. I'll be honest. I did say on this show. I said Western Conference Finals. I just I, I don't think I went as far as oh no 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 I think that's finals. what the executive was saying. I don't think he said nobody nobody fucking thought they were beating the Warriors. Everyone said they weren't beating the Warriors. That that right. executive definitely did not say the NBA Finals. There's no fucking. There were some people smoking. Um, they were thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like, but like, it was a, a a popular belief that he would be able to take this team to the Western Conference Finals, um, and like. I, I don't know. I never bought into it. I didn't think. I it just. I mean, if if especially with the signings that they made afterwards, but like if for no other reason, then like it just takes time to like put a team together. Like I mean, and and it, we all knew he wasn't. He didn't have another like superstar on this team. Like it. It to me, it it just made common sense to be like, yeah, they'll they'll be the fourth or fifth seed and get bounced in the first. Yeah. Or Second round, like I mean, I think that's what both me and Joel thought. Um, I had him at fifth. I, I, think, I think. Yeah, I want to say I had him at fourth, um, behind uh, Golden State, Houston, and San Antonio. No, fifth because I had OKC in front of them. So yeah, like I had him at fifth. Um, but like I think Luke was the only one who got things right, <laughs> and I don't know that for sure. <laughs> I don't know how much of that is revisionist history. Because he wasn't, I don't think he was actually on our prediction show. Um, but he did say he said to us multiple times throughout the year that he predicted that the Clippers would be better than the Lakers, um, including preseason. Um, so, so it, it, at the very least, we we give him absolutely. Well, a lot of that was that. biased, but he definitely believed. A it. lot of it was biased, <laughs> <laughs> but like nevertheless, he was still right about it. Uh, he was, but uh, but. All right, let's uh, let's scuttle butt to the next issue because, God, we're doing it again. We're already fucking talking about the Lakers for so goddamn much. I didn't even. I was hoping we weren't even going to talk about the Lakers this week, and then like I wanted to talk more about the Knicks in this segment, and then it veered off to the Lakers, and now we got to talk about the Lakers some more. Um, there we go. <laughs> it never ends. Uh, hey, it, I guess any press is good press. Uh, but true. So after the Anthony Davis fiasco with Rich Paul, Jeannie Buss was reportedly uh, so furious, and this was um, it was like almost like a secondary report in a Rick Buecher article um, evaluating mm-hmm. LeBron's trade value. Um, right. Apparently, Jeannie Buss was so furious that she contemplated uh, trading LeBron, uh, and apparently told. Uh, Rich Paul as much, um, you know, uh, you know, after all of the Anthony Davis uh, shit went down. Um, what's your thoughts on this, Joel? Do you do you do you think she actually contemplated trading LeBron? Do you think this is just a bullshit report? Like, what what, what what's your bottom line here? What do you actually think was going down? I'm not sure what to think. Uh, I remember, I think Stephen A. was saying that 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 was false, that that never happened. But he also, he is close to the Laker organization, so he could be just covering for them and shit. Um, 
and and I personally, I I don't know. <laughs> you just signed him to all this money. You kind of you were willing to trade your future for him. I mean, basically, that's exactly what you're doing. You're giving up all your youth, one other guy to help LeBron t- take you, you know, to the next level. And my thing is, I don't know if you would actually consider would have actually considered trading him at that time. It didn't make it didn't make sense. I can see her being frustrated and upset, especially with the leaks coming out, with the whole thing with Anthony Davis and that getting out, and it obviously being weird tampering going on, and, uh, and obviously it, it pissed off a lot of the league and a lot of the teams calling New Orleans and saying, don't you fucking trade him over there, type of bullshit. Um, and so I can see how that could be frustrating. I, I just don't think after signing him, the you know at the time, the best player in the league, the biggest name in the sport, you just this first year with him, you're like, you know what? I think we gotta trade him. I don't know. I just it just sounds weird to me. I mean, I, I who would I honestly? I, if you're thinking like logically, you might consider it because he's getting older, and you probably can get a lot for him. That makes sense. But <laughs> it's the Lakers. It's showtime. So I just don't see that as being their mindset with LeBron. Yeah, I. I ultimately agree with you here, but before I chime in on my two cents, um, Juwan, let me kick it over to you. What are your thoughts on this report from Rick Buecher that, um, you know, Jeannie Buss contemplated trading LeBron James? I completely believe it. Um, And the reason I completely believe it is if I'm a GM and my best player's agent. She's not a GM. She's an owner. The owner. Sorry. The owner. Um, if I'm the owner, sorry, uh, and my team's best player's agent is the agent for the guy that we're trying to get, and everything about what we're trying to do continues to leak. Normal people would say, oh, that's probably from the Pelicans because it seemed like the Pelicans are just trying to make the Lakers seem like, like crap. Could be, but then I remembered the Kyrie incident and how Kyrie swore. I never said anything. No one from my camp said anything about uh, this whole trade stuff that was going on behind the scenes, it was seemed to have come from LeBron's camp because it seems like that's what LeBron's camp does. Um, so, yeah, I, if I was Genie, I'd be like, you know what? I don't want this headache. I don't want this headache. I'd rather, um, you know, take this youth, see what we could try to do in free agency, and, um, you know, build that way, just literally build from the ground. Um, I could see how in a moment, that is something that she was like, you know what? I would love to do this. Just to get out of the whole circus of it, just to get out of the whole spotlight that he brings, whether it's good or it's bad. See, in, in, in a moment, her wanting to do it, how you would actually pull it off, I don't really know. I, I don't know at that point what team That's is like. That's the big question. Yeah, what team is like, you know what? I'll give you everything to get LeBron because LeBron can help right. me win a championship. I, I don't. That is what seems hard to believe. But to be fair, I doubt Jeannie uh, has the knowledge to know exactly what team they could send them to or, or something like that. She's just thinking the I want them gone. You guys figure out how to make it happen. So it coming from her, I can understand it. Now, if this report came saying that Magic or Palinka thought this, I would say BS. Like BS. Every time you see Palinka and Magic. Who's who's the guy in the middle? Like like they're the the Godfather or, right. or the Untouchable. You know what I'm saying? It's LeBron, right? Match. So yeah, that right. I would be like, no, this story is stupid. But Genie, because think about this: we've heard very little from Genie this entire season. 
And I think that's no, the most that we've heard from her was her support for Luke Walton, who fucking apparently LeBron doesn't like. (laughs) Right, exactly. So I could see how Magic, Palenka, and LeBron think they own the Lakers, and they they go about business as if they own the Lakers. So I could see her wanting to kind of send the herd a little bit by sending out the team's best player uh, just to get rid of the headache. Yeah, here's the thing. I think what it boiled down to was not Magic, LeBron, or Palenka um, acting as if they own the Lakers. I think for her, it boiled down to Rich Paul acting as if he owned the Lakers and making decisions, Uh leaking information, um, making demands um, that seemingly were on behalf of a particular team and driving a narrative that ultimately – backfired terribly uh, for them, made them look like idiots uh, and, and, you know, may have jeopardized their ability to ever acquire Anthony Davis. Um, And here's really what I think it is. I think, uh, and I know I I said to you guys before the show, like I had a hot take on it. I, I, I don't really think this is a hot take. I just think it's different. I think it's a different take. Um, than what most people um, have extrapolated from this scenario. I think it was just a power play by Jeannie. Like, I honestly, I think she was just like, yo, Rich, like, remember, I can trade LeBron James any fucking time I want to. Like, don't feel like you're in charge of this team. I'm in charge of this team. This is my team. I own the fucking team. And you know what? If you want to keep carrying on like this, I'll fucking trade him. Like, I don't get me wrong. I'm not a fucking above it. I will trade his ass uh, if you're going to I'm fired my like, brother. do shit. I don't do, even yeah, know you. It, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're going to do shit to sabotage my fucking team, don't fucking trade your agent, and I will trade him to I don't fucking care where. I will trade him for cap space uh, in, in a fucking late first-round pick because you know what? And here's, here's, I guess, where my hot take would be. Because you know what? If I fucking just cleared this roster and just got cap space for him, all of a sudden, maybe Kawhi Leonard wants to come to the Lakers instead of the Clippers. Maybe uh, another free agent, another max free agent wants to come to the Lakers all of a sudden. Maybe Kyrie and KD are like, hey, we're fucking Lakers. They got two max spots now. Maybe we don't go to New York. Sorry, guys. Um, I, there's just, like, okay, so here's the thing. Would you, uh, and this is kind of what I want to ask, and, and, and that's what I think, but to put a bow on it, that's what I think was really happening. I don't think she was really contemplating trading uh, LeBron. I think she was putting Rich Paul in his place and being like, yo, you're not the fucking manager of this team. You're not the owner of this team. Like, don't do this shit again, or I will trade that motherfucker. Um, and uh-huh. let's see, like, how much he likes you then. Uh, and, yeah, like, I, I think, uh, you know, I think Rich Paul won't do that shit again. Um, but uh, here's For my their sake? Um, Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Here's my question, because, um, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you my answer to the question and then pass it to you. Joel and Juwan, um, would you rather be the Lakers with LeBron James and one max cap spot, or would you rather be the Lakers with two max cap spots? Because I'd rather be the Lakers with two max cap spots, personally. 
Joel? Well, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I guess considering that's kind of where we are right now, we're the Knicks with two max ca- uh, cap spots, but without the legacy. <laughs> uh, I would say, yeah, Lakers with two max uh, cap spots look really good right about now. But also, this is on. This is also in hindsight. <laughs> right, it hasn't looked no, good for totally the Lakers. You know, yeah, it's different, but it's definitely uh, it's never bad to have uh, space and um, uh, availability. And I would look the idea of possibly getting Kyrie and KD or Kawhi and KD or whatever fucking concoction you want to put together. Um, it, it's more than just one player, and the, the fact that you got arguably LeBron is still the best player in the league. Uh, but he's an aging Very version of that guy, and point. arguably exactly. And and the point is, he, he he's 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 waning down. He's he finally got hurt after all these years. <laughs> you know, right. it's probably not gonna be the last time he gets hurt again. And is his head completely in the game? He didn't go to LA specifically to play basketball. I know that's one of his right. main focuses, but it's not his only focus. Right. Yeah. I mean that, that there's a lot of questions there. Different. Um right. I don't I wouldn't necessarily question his commitment to the game. I would question his commitment to the team. Um right. and like like right. because this team, I mean I, I think he Yeah, <laughs> I think he's yes, exactly. Not the Lakers in general, but just this um like this season's version of this team. Right. Um right. I think I think there's if if I'm looking at it just from a from a viewer's perspective, it's a question of do you think there's there's three possibilities here. One, LeBron's been hurt and he's just not fully healthy. And but if that was the case, they would have shut him down, right? Like you wouldn't still right. have LeBron playing meaningless games if he was still had a lingering injury. So that doesn't that that line of thinking doesn't add up to me anymore. Um, uh, two would be LeBron has lost a step and he's not as good as he used to be, um, which is certainly a possibility. Or three, um, his head's just not in it uh, because he decided a while ago this, this like this yeah. team is not this team's bullshit. We're not winning, so who right. fucking cares? Right. Like any one of those is like not good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I would it's rather a combination. Have, I'd rather I would rather put it this way. I would rather either have Paul George in a max cap spot or two max cap spots um, than LeBron James in a max cap spot. Just personally, um, like if I'm if I'm if I'm compiling either Paul George with this roster, LeBron James with this roster, or any of the potential free agents with this roster, I would rather have um, either of the other two than LeBron, but. Hey, that's just me. Um, and, and of course, the age is a factor. Like, you've got a very young roster. LeBron's older. Um, it's, it's just, it was always a weird fit. It was always a strange it – was, it, was, it never really felt like the right basketball decision. Um, and, you know, I mean, we talked about this ad nauseum um, throughout, you know, a lot of last year and, 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 and you know, into the offseason and everything else. Um, but anyway, uh, Juwan, just uh, quickly, uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? Would, would you rather have LeBron and a max cap or, or, or just two max caps? Or, you know, I, I guess I threw in Paul George in a max cap, so if you'd rather have that. 
Uh, two max cat, uh, mainly because <clears throat> you put yourself in the same situation the Knicks are in, um, to where it's like you either strike the lottery in the uh, free agency or you just do what the plan originally was, and it's built through your young, uh, your young players. So, I mean, right. I- I'd say this. You-, you have a way better chance of getting Kevin Durant to think about the Lakers if there's no LeBron. Um, you have right. a way better chance of getting Kawhi Leonard to think about the Lakers if there's no yes. LeBron. The, the days I think, of, of everyone. I think Kawhi. Go. I think Kawhi would probably. I think he'd rather play for the Lakers. It just in a in a vacuum. I just think he doesn't want to play. Like I don't oh. think he wants to join. Uh, the, I don't. I don't even see. But I don't think it's that he doesn't want to play with LeBron. I think it's that he doesn't want to be on a team with LeBron. If that makes sense. Like it, it doesn't have to do with the on the court stuff. It has to do with all the off-the-court stuff. And if he goes to the Clippers, it's like he doesn't have to deal with any of that. He can just fucking go out there and play basketball and, you know, like be a fucking great player. And, you know, I mean, it's it's just a better fit um, off the court uh, for him, a guy who doesn't like to deal with all the media circus. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm completely with you. And I think the the league has become a sense of, well, everybody just wants to go team up with LeBron or just make up their own super teams. And I think it's slowly right. weaning itself out of that. I think guys I want so. the idea of just being the guy. Um, but some of these guys aren't built to take all the scrutiny that comes with that. That's why it's like, Kawhi, if you go to the Lakers, just know, like, you know, we look at Toronto and we're kind of like, all right, cool. But, you know, you know, it's a new team, but we still need to see them do it. Um, well, so the, and the meet- not to mention, not to just real quick, not to mention, like he's going to miss like 20 plus games this season, just on rest. Like, do you think that the LA media, as far as Lakers media, maybe the Clippers media wouldn't be so harsh, but the Lakers media, like, I think this would be a bigger story if he wasn't playing in Toronto. They'd be like, you're not hurt. You're just fucking sitting out games. Like, all the fuck, all year, you're just sitting out fucking games, man. We need to win these games. Um, I think it'd be a much I'll bigger story if he wasn't playing in Toronto. I'll say this. It's funny because it's like the, the Lakers and the Knicks finally get themselves in this situation. But just the allure of who the teams are will probably be why they won't get any of these star players. A lot of these guys are sensitive. <laughs> they don't like having all the scrutiny put on them. Um, it seems like Durant is like that. It seems like Kyrie is like that. It seems like if Kawhi had the idea of an entire, like, historic legacy on his shoulders would be the same way. I mean, think about how much Pop shielded Kawhi in San Antonio. Like, Pop didn't let you get the Kawhi. Like, yeah, you can ask him this, ask right. him that, but, like, he wasn't putting Kawhi in any situation. Well, but to make he still doesn't do a lot of interviews. I've never seen No, him. he doesn't now. He doesn't now. So my thing is, if you're the Knicks and you're the Lakers, I think the fact that you're the Knicks and the Lakers is what will hurt you in free agency because I don't think the guys, um, the top-tier guys that are available, have the, the want to deal with the media that comes with those two huge, uh, huge franchises. Yeah. Yeah, I got three Bullshit. destinations for. They don't want to deal with the media. I, then stop being fucking good at basketball. <laughs> or just stop talking to the media all the time. 
but uh, no, I got I got three I got three destinations for Kawhi. Number one is the Clippers. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think I think that Tobias Harris trade actually set them up like so much better um, to get Kawhi because I think Landry Shamit is a perfect fit going forward next to uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander um, because Shamit is such a good three point shooter. And he can handle the ball, but he's not really, like, a primary ball handler. Um, and he plays so well off the ball, and he shoots so well from three. Um, and the fact that Shea is six six and can guard um, bigger guards gives him, like, he can play that quote-unquote J.J. Redick role where he plays the two guard, but he yeah. can guard the weaker um, guard on the, on, you know, defensively. Um, and then you, of course, have Lou Williams coming off the bench. You have Montrez Harrell coming off the bench. You have Avicii Zubak now because the Ma- or Magic Johnson and, and Blinka are fucking idiots and traded him. Um, his cap hold is going to be cheap. You should be able to hold on to him. Uh, and you got Gallinari. Like that, that's a complete squad. And hopefully, yeah. And hopefully, you would be able to keep. Um, Patrick Beverly, because his cap hold is only going to be like $7.5 million. I have to go um, crunch the numbers, but I think they would be able to keep both um, his cap hold and uh, Zubats' cap hold um, and still sign uh, Kawhi because they're not going to get their draft pick this season, which I got mm. a theory about this. I think that's why they oh, wanted boy. to compete for the playoffs because they didn't want to get their draft pick because that would have been a cap hold. Um, right. of about like $2 million on them, which they didn't want that. They don't want that fucking cap hold because they want all that fucking cap space. Um, so I right. think that has as much to do why they wanted to compete for the playoffs as anything else. Um, but nevertheless, I think they could keep all of those guys together and then sign Kawhi. Um, that makes the most sense to me long-term for him. Both he wants to be in L.A., long-term fit. I think all of those those things work so well. Um, and, and fuck, like, creating two max cap spots. I wouldn't even try to do it. i just sign Kawhi, be comfortable with uh, the fact that Gallinari's playing so well. Don't try to move him. And keep fucking Beverly and Zubat and just roll with that because that's going to be a fucking good lineup. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but either that, stay with Toronto, or I think, dude, and I know y'all are going to call me a homer here, but I think the Hawks, I really do think – like, the way Trey Young's been playing, the way Herter's been fucking balling, you put Kawhi Leonard as that defensive anchor in the middle of that team with John Collins, whatever draft pick or draft picks they get early in the first round, Alex Lynn, they could bring uh, – they would still have a little bit of cap space to go out and find a defensive um, center, maybe like a Nerlens Noel type. Um, that's a team that, like, could do a lot in the East – um, and like as Trey Young grows and Herder grows and you know all those other guys, like I don't know. I think I think that would be my third option for him. I've actually given this a lot of thought. Um, just like as as objectively as I could, um, I think those are the best three options for him. I think the Clippers are by far the best. I think the Raptors are a, a, a lot better than the Hawks. But I think, like, the Hawks – and I think the Hawks would provide him the sort of perfect balance that the 
the Raptors do of him not being so much in the spotlight. Because, you know, you don't get a lot of beat writers for the Hawks. You don't get a lot of media shine on the Hawks. And, like, Trey Young and John Collins and all those guys, they, they're, like, easy to get along with. They're fine with talking to the media. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it could be a good fit for him. Um, I, it, I know it's a pipe dream. I just think it's, uh, I think it's possibly um, a good fit. Uh, but anyway, um, let's move on. We've once again spent almost an hour talking about the fucking Lakers. Uh, <laughs> we can't escape it. It's like uh, in the words of uh, Al Pacino from Godfather 3, uh, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Um, anyway, the Philadelphia 76ers is a team that I do want to talk about. They have staged the Milwaukee Bucks, beat them 130 to 125, despite giving up a career high 52 fucking points to Giannis onto the Kumpo. And uh, this was the first game that the Bucks played without their, uh, I guess, shooting guard starting shooting guard, yeah. uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he's a combo guard, but, but he starts at shooting guard for them. Um, right. It was the first game w- without him. Um, what uh, What were your big takeaways from this game? There's a lot of, lot of things going around right now as far as how much this game may mean. Um, I've got a couple things that I really took away from it. Um, but maybe not as like hot takey as as some people you know have presented. Um, but you know, for you, Joel, what did you take away from from this game? I didn't take much away from it. I was actually surprised, um, but I I forgot that Big Brogdon didn't play. I didn't really watch most of it. I just saw some of the highlights. Um, but yeah, you know, Sixers, because Sixers are an up and down team. That's the problem with them. Is they're not very. Yeah. Uh, dependable, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, sometimes they play well, sometimes they don't. They, they kind of step on their own toes. Uh, and they have the talent to be really good. Like, I talked to a friend this weekend, and uh, he's like, yo, I have the, the Sixers going to the finals. And I'm like, I mean, and I laugh. But I only laugh because anybody that looks at that team on paper is going to say, well, they have to make it to the finals. When you look at them right. on paper, they should, you know, make it to the finals. Um, They're that I, good I on paper. Right, they look that good most of the time. So as long as they're healthy, they're good. I think that and the Sixers are good. They're not a team to be you know slept on. Um, but they tend to, to, to again like they they kind of get in their own way. Uh, and I thought that they're was a, a step to in the right direction. Out still, and that's they are they are the yeah. But that's the problem. Like everyone else kind of understands where they're at, or at least they have right. their, themselves settled down. Sixers are still finding themselves. They did make a big move. That was a huge move bringing in Tobias Harris. That's a big personality to bring right into this lineup of five really good players. I mean, you have, like, yeah. you basically have four all-stars on your starting five, and that's, that's saying a lot. And you have a – and J.J. Reddick's no slots either, so that's why I'm not trying to sleep right. on him. Um, yeah. But then you have the Bucks, and the Bucks, the, the Bucks first time playing – in a while without Brogdon, and they they moved uh, Miritich into the lineup, and he he's kind of struggled since being in Milwaukee. He hasn't been the the the, the guy that that was in New Orleans in the beginning of the season where he was kind of balling. He was one of the better bigs out there, um, stretch bigs or whatever. Uh, but he hasn't really found his niche, his niche yet in Milwaukee. Um, 
And mm-hmm. and Milwaukee's bench is kind of thin without him. So imagine that you, uh, your bench and they just got George Hill back, but George Hill hasn't been the same since he's been <laughs> since the Jazz. Um, <laughs> and uh, I I just don't really depend. Uh, that bench is not that strong. So the Bucks now without one of their starters and a thin bench, uh, they have to play bigger than their needs, and that's what they kind of got out of the Kupo, But even that wasn't enough to stop a, a an uh, an all out Sixers onslaught. So. It's hard to say what I took from it. I just know it'll be a good matchup if they do end up facing each other in the East playoffs. Yeah. Well, and I think two things. One, I think it's a slim possibility um, because right now Milwaukee is the one seed and probably even despite the Brogdon injury going to hang on to that one seed. Uh, and it looks mm-hmm. like the Sixers will be slotted in the, the third seed. Um, so it, this would be an Eastern Conference Finals matchup. And while I Great. don't necessarily – I wouldn't like bet against either team making it, but for both of those teams to make it, um, I I wouldn't bet on that. You know what I mean? Um, right. Like I would say – I would say any combination of those top four teams is possible. Like nobody fucking knows. So like it, it I mean, it could be Philly and Milwaukee. It could be uh, fucking Philly and Boston. It could be Boston and Milwaukee or Boston and Toronto. Like any one of those matchups are totally fucking plausible. Um, so you know, it, it it may it it may not even be something that we get to see. Um, but what I took away from this is several things. One, I think that they kind of somewhat figured out how to play uh, Antetokounmpo. Like, he essentially is um, going to they, – they allowed him to have his bucket. And, like, that, and that's fine. He got 52 fucking points in this game. Like, they were like, we're totally cool with you. Like, we're going to throw different looks at you and try to make things slightly difficult, but we're not going to double-team you. Um, And that will allow us to put pressure on all of the other players. And that seemed to be effective. Um, They held Milton to three of nine shooting, Lopez to three of uh, nine shooting, Um, Miritich – I'm sorry, those are from uh, three-point range. Uh, Mirrors mm-hmm. is 0 for, 0 for 6 from 3, uh, and Bledsoe is yeah. 1 for 4. Not a good um, game. Like they, they, they just weren't effective at hitting three-pointers, and like none of them, uh, and that's very worrisome. Um, like if, if like Philly's length creates very tough problems, um, you know, and that's something that they really need to lean into. Um the other takeaway I had from this game is uh, that Giannis is unstoppable. Like, you cannot guard him one-on-one. He's a um, monster. <laughs> he really is. So you have one of two ways to beat this team. You either double Giannis and, like, hope that, you know, guys, those guys miss shots. Or you right. play him heads up um, like Philly did. Uh, played him heads up. Really tried to force um, – you know, it, it, as much of uh, the other guys to create as you possibly can, and if you can do that, if you do have guy different looks, you can different guys you can throw at him, which Philly does. Um, you know, th- like maybe you'll be successful, um, but it's tough. 
it's really fucking tough, man. Not to mention, he 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 shot twenty one free throws. Giannis did. He made nineteen of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this dude was on fucking fire. Um, and hey, it's just crazy that despite having a career high fifty two points, they lost this game. Um, but uh, but as far as Philly, um, to me, I. I I'm hoping that they figured something out here, and what I would have taken away from this is you really need Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah, I know a lot mm-hmm. of pundits out there like to say they made the Tobias Harris trade um, to hedge their bets uh, or to um, be able to let like let Jimmy walk because they may not want to keep him because uh, he's not right. quite the right fit or all that. It's all bullshit. Like, all of that is fucking bullshit. Like, tell me who's getting you a bucket on this team at the end of That's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Nobody I mean, else Tobias, you it. would hope, but, but Jimmy is more... Tobias is not. Dependable. Tobias ain't that. Right. He ain't I mean, that, man. He like, wants to be. <laughs> he, maybe, and maybe he can be, like, but... Like Tobias is very uh, a very creative scorer, but you still like he's not a guy that you can give the ball to, and he's going to right. create his own shot, and and you're super confident that he makes it. Like he's not that. Like Tobias Harris is a guy that you work into your system, and he works so well in so many systems because of how versatile he is. But one of the things that he's not like great at is like taking somebody one-on-one and creating his own shot. That is not Tobias Harris's game. That is Jimmy Butler's game. So, like, I think all of this brouhaha about how the Sixers, um, like, might not want to keep Jimmy Butler, I think it's all bullshit. I don't think they want, I don't think they want to pay him a five-year max um, for good reason. I, but the notion that they don't want to keep him, I think that's stupid. I don't think you make the Tobias Harris trade and give up as much as you gave up for Tobias Harris if you're not planning on keeping both of those guys Um, because that makes no sense to me. Now, maybe it's just Elton Brand being a rookie GM. Um, I have a little more confidence in him than that to make that kind of decision. Um, But, no, I don't don't buy into that at all. Um, And I don't buy into the ownership. You know, obviously, I think they would have had – they would have had to have approved the deal, um, you know, and, and basically said, yeah, we're willing to pay these guys. Uh, and I think they are. Like, I don't, like it's not unprecedented for um, a team to have, a, you know, a huge payroll. Uh, and I think Philly's just like, fuck it, dude. Like, we got who knows how long we're, and Beat's going to be healthy. Like, fuck it, we'll pay a luxury tax for three or four seasons. Like, we need to make a run now because, like, we never know when Joel and B can go down. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm getting a little sidetracked here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it says to me, uh, as far as Philly, maybe they've kind of figured out because Butler kind of took over in that fourth quarter. Um, and it says to me that maybe they figured out some kind of structure as far as letting him be like control the game like for the majority of the game but really letting butler control the game down the stretch like that's what they really need to do like honestly this 
this reminds me of Shaq and Kobe. Um, like, because Shaq would control games the majority of the game, but you would rely on Kobe down the stretch. And I'm not comparing Butler to Kobe or Embiid to Shaq or any of that. I'm just saying, like, as far as a dynamic, that's what it reminds me of, and that's what I think needs to happen. Um, and, and I think as far as Harris, you just want to rely on him to, like, be – like a fucking all-star caliber guy who can just fucking hit shots and like, you know, like be so easy, like easy to fit into any sort of scheme you want to run. And Ben Simmons is going to be your magic Johnson type and distribute. And Reddick is just going to fucking hit shots and like, uh, like come off screens and all that shit. Um, so I, like that's, guess kind of my takeaway from the Sixers they need Butler to close they need Embiid to be dominant for the other three quarters and they need the other guys to to fit their roles um and if they can figure that out they're going to be really fucking tough to deal with in the playoffs but if they can't if there's any sort of like inability to figure out what their roles are or um any sort of pushback on anybody um you know any sort of egos at play uh it's going to be tough um, but I, I hope they figure that out. Probably the most concerning thing for me uh, from the Sixers' point of view from this game is uh, they scored a total of 130 points. Only, um, what, 24 of those points came off the bench. They, <laughs> so they scored, their, their starting five uh, scored a, a 104 uh, excuse me, 106 of their 130 points. Um, they don't have a bench, like at all, <laughs> and that is concerning. Um, they need to look to tweak that in the off season as best they can. Um, which I don't know that they have a lot of recourse to do, but somehow, some way, they need to figure it out, and they need to figure out what players best fit. Um from their bench down the stretch. Now, Brett Brown's done a lot of um, trying to space out these players. So, like, of their four all-stars, um, two of them are on the floor at any given time, and I think that's a really good idea. And I think if you if you work that right, you can find ways to make um, those those various lineups, like, fit together. I think he's still in the process of figuring that out, but he's got to – very, very short time to figure it out. Last thing before I pass it to you, Juwan, um, as far as the Bucks, I think I question them starting Miritich in this game uh, in place of um, Brogdon. I understand mm-hmm. why you would do it. Um, it, it. I mean, obviously, Milton can shift up to two. Giannis can shift up to three. You plug Miritich at the four, Lopez at the five. Um, it, it, it at the very least made sense for a, like against the Sixers who have such a big lineup to begin with. Um, but I question this lineup like going forward. Um, not that it can't work, um, and and maybe in certain situations you would want to use it. Um, I think Tony Snell only played eight minutes in this game. I think you really should give Tony Snell some run here to see, like, and maybe you don't in the playoffs if it doesn't work, 
But I think going down the stretch of the season, you need to try and see if you can work Tony Snell back into this lineup, if he can hit some shots, um, play a little defense, like things that he has been capable of doing in the past. Because, you know, you can't rely on Pat Connaughton to be consistent. Um, he's just not – he's a he's a eighth, ninth That's man. Um, right. Yeah, I, I just think Tony Snell could be more effective – for this team if they really put him in a position to be. Um, and I think Miritich will get his minutes in other ways. Um, I think the fact that he can play both the four and the five, um, the fact that Giannis can play both the four and the five, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I just feel like you can work him in to get – he played 24 minutes in this game. You can work him in to get those 24 minutes in other ways. I, I'm skeptical as to why you would play Tony Snell eight minutes and Connaughton 25 I just feel like yeah. Snell has more outside. I like him right now. I, I know, and I like Connaughton too. I don't dislike Connaughton. I liked him when he played for the Blazers. I thought he was really good dude off the bench. Um, yeah. But, you know, I like T.J. McConnell too. He's a really good dude off the bench. I do you know too. how many minutes he played in this game? 18. That's how, that's the max Connaughton should get. He should not get 25. Right. Like, give those extra fucking uh, – seven minutes over to Tony Snow and let him play, uh, you know, 15 minutes. Um, get, get him a little run because you might really need him come playoff time. Like, if, if Malcolm Brogdon's not back by the second round and you're going up against Boston, you cannot have yeah. a starting lineup where Miritich and Lopez are starting in your lineup because defensively you're going to struggle. Connaughton is too undersized. He's not athletic enough. He tries. And I, I I like that, just like I like McConnell. But, like, Tony Snell is probably your best option here as far as upside, as far as potential, as far as can potentially hit threes, can can defend. Like, right. I would be trying to work him into the lineup, and I'd be trying to figure it out right now. Um, I think they'll play around with it, you know. It was just you know, I for that so. night, see if it's try it out. Yeah, Personally. well, and that and, – and, and, and in that sense, I agree with you. I think it was worthy to try out the, the, the Miritich lineup with, with Middleton basically playing the two to start. Because um, we've mm-hmm. seen it work in the past. We, I mean, basically, this is the lineup that they used to play, um, you know, when they had Jabari Parker. Because um, yeah. Miritich basically played the Parker role, um, and Lopez played the Henson role. Um, and, that, I mean, that was pretty much their lineup. Um, but yeah. I just I don't I don't think I would be skeptical as to whether it works long term and you know I mean Miritich definitely didn't do anything to to help his cause only only you know making one basket for two you know two points four rebounds two assists um, two right. two turnovers um, I I I don't know like we'll we'll see what the Bucks try to figure out I I I would agree with you, Joel. I think it was a worthwhile uh, try. And I even said this, um, I think when they made the Miritich trade, I said, you should try this lineup. Um, just after I seeing it in action, yeah, but right. after seeing it in action, I'm like, defensively, I don't know about this. I, I'd like, I, I, I hate to be like so um, sporadic, but I don't know. Like The thought of it seemed right, but then when I actually saw it play out, it just didn't it didn't feel right to me. It didn't fit. 
Um, but anyway, I've been I've been rambling now, uh, Juwan. Let me get your input. Uh, what were your takeaways from the Sixers Bucks game? No, I was actually enjoying you uh, going on because I didn't take anything from this game. Um, I usually don't with two young teams. Um, two young teams that neither one have gone to, like, a, a conference final or a final uh, play each other in a regular season. I mean, it, one thing I will say is a lot of these primetime games, the refs have been refing, like, playoff games. So I need them to keep that same, like, that same energy come playoff time. Like, don't be giving me no crappy fouls when you could have called – you could have used all those crappy fouls back in the regular season don't bring that to the playoffs. But um, one of the biggest things uh, that I thought was just staggering is that any time Giannis scores more than, like, 20-something points when he is not a shooter is amazing to me. Um, mainly because, excuse me, Nick, me and you have been talking about this for the longest. What Giannis does works for the regular season. It does not usually, usually, because he is an anomaly, it does not usually work for the playoffs because the roster then condenses, the lineups condense, um, and then teams can focus in on you uh, uh, specifically as far as schemes. So they can make it to where all you can do is drive, but that's in Giannis's favor. Um, and then if they try to force yeah. you to shoot, if they try to force you to shoot, Giannis isn't a horrible shooter. He just doesn't need to Dude, shoot he shot. Yeah, well, he shot three of eight from three in this game. That ain't bad. (laughs) No, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. But but if if I'm whoever's playing in in the first round. consistently better from three all season. He started off the season terrible, but he's gotten a lot better as the season gone on. And month after month after month, his shooting percentage from three has gotten better. If I'm the team playing him in the first round, I'm approaching Giannis the same way Pop approached – not even Pop, I'm sorry. LeBron. I'll say Dallas approached LeBron in that first first finals with the the Heat. Force him to shoot. He makes it, he makes it. He's just great. But what you can't let him do is the one thing he's super effective doing, and that's going for the lane. I totally agree. Um, I totally agree. The tricky thing about guys like LeBron – shooting eight threes in a game. Oh, like you'll totally live with that. Yeah. A hundred percent. But the tricky thing about LeBron and Giannis is that you have to make sure you have the personnel to pull it off. I mean, Dallas yeah. was able to do it because you had Sean Merriman, uh, and yeah. then you had Marion in his prime. Marion, I'm sorry, Marion um, <laughs> in his prime. So it's like those are two yeah. guys that can kind well, of well, prevent well, LeBron well. from – Hold on. <laughs> Marion wasn't in his prime, but – No, Tyson effective. Chandler was in his prime. Tyson Chandler, oh, yeah. was, Tyson Chandler was well yeah. in his prime. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that that's the personnel to be able to pull that off. So whoever plays them first round, second round, and then in the conference finals, you have to make sure you have the personnel to do it because it's easy to say, I'll just force Giannis to shoot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what the Sixers said as he began to drop 52 points. So it's like <laughs> it's not that easy. But, uh, but that's what I'm saying. If you're Giannis, you have to be throwing up in that gym as many – and I'm not talking just three-pointers. I just need Giannis to make uh, consistently mid-range shots. Like, I need if – they, if they start to make I you feel uncomfortable driving – I don't want to take shots. I don't want to take make? any mid-range shots. I want, I want to shoot three as a driving. No. No, I definitely want like, to take a mid-range shot. No. <laughs> yes. Like just, You'd rather yes. – so, wait. 
you'd rather have him uh, go for eight threes a game than to take a yes. few mid range shots. Yes. I, I don't know if I, if I'm if I'm coach Bud. I don't know if I feel he's comfortable probably more with comfortable with threes than mid range shots. Yeah, like I don't want like any like anybody who's as effective as him at getting to the lane. Like if you're not gonna do that, yeah, take a three. Because like you're you're probably you're different the differential the, God I'm not saying this word right the 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 differential <laughs> on him making a three pointer and a like eighteen footer like percentage wise is probably not that much and you get the extra point if he makes a three it's just effective field goal percentage like do you definitely want him taking a three over an eighteen footer the Antonio method. <laughs> exactly. Oh well, I, I guess. But to me, I'd rather you take uh, more jump shots, mainly because. <clears throat> excuse me. I still don't feel super comfortable. I mean, I I get what he what you're saying about him doing it throughout the season in in that one game. I don't know. I just don't know if in high playoff, excuse me, moments, I'm looking for Giannis to make threes down the stretch. Not saying he will need to, but as much as he has the ball in his hand, if you're like a smart coach, you're going to make him take those shots. And I think if you're Giannis, if you're in the mid range, I mean, just take the shot. Like we see Brooke Lopez no, take the mid range shot. I would take the shot. He, he can yeah, you don't see Brooke Lopez taking that many mid range shots. He mostly takes no, threes. No, I didn't say um, that. I said I see Brooke Lopez taking mid range shots. I didn't say a lot. I said I just see him taking mid range shots. Well, like, here's my opinion on mid-range shots. Unless you're, like, the Spurs and you, you have DeRozan and Aldrich who are just clutch at mid-range, like, don't take them. <laughs> like, I mean, unless you're just, like, really good at them, don't take them. Like, if you're Jason Tatum, like, stop taking mid-range shots. Shoot threes and drive to the lane. Um, it just it's, it just makes sense analytically so much more than, you know, taking them. And if, and if I'm coaching Giannis, I, I'm not trying to develop his mid-range game. I want him to develop a, some semblance of a three-point shot, which he has now, or seemingly he, he has over the past couple months. Um, and then just, like, drive to the lane and just fucking dunk on everybody and Eurostep people and, you know, do all that fucking crafty shit that you do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess it just boils down to this. If you're the Bucks, like, you have to figure out without Brogdon, what the best lineup that you can put around Giannis is and just roll with that, whatever it is. Um, and I think down the stretch of this season, this is the first time they've really been tested with like a, a, a I won't say severe injury, but, you know, a, a, a substantial one. Um, they're going to have to really figure out who who's that fifth guy that they plug in that lineup that makes the most sense. And to me, I think you should give Tony Snell some run. Maybe it's Pat Connaughton. Maybe. Um, I mean, Bledsoe does, you know, offer some, um, you know, uh, some defensive uh, help uh, to a guy like Connaughton. Um, so maybe, mm-hmm. you know, that is, is the course that you would take. I just think Snell would fit better, um, like, in, in the role um, – that Brogdon plays defensively and shooting wise, um, not not handling the ball, 
But when you have Bledsoe and Giannis, you don't really need him to take up that particular role. I think it's a more right. seamless fit out of everybody that you have on your roster. Well, and, it, you know, I think it's important to, to, you know, for everybody else on your roster to kind of keep their same uh, mold as far as what you've been building all season until you can get him back. Um, well, but tonight yeah. they're currently playing right now, but Giannis is sitting I guess he's resting. Uh, so the Snell is in the lineup. He's starting at shooting guard. And Mirk is just starting as well. And they have Middleton that's small forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of – we'll see how it actually looks like when, when Giannis comes back. But maybe Snell will get more burn now that now that they realize they could definitely use more perimeter uh, defense. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the thing in a nutshell. Like, I feel like his defense is going to – be, I don't know, just like, he's not like a great defender or anything, but just, you know, he's got a little right. bit of a size, <laughs> a little bit of length. He, you can't he, imagine he's better than Pat Connaughton. Or Hooker Connaughton, yeah. right. <laughs> right. And I don't know what's wrong with you know. Sterling Brown. I know I know he was in the rotation. I don't know if he's hurt right now. I know they were using yeah, him a lot. Yeah, I think he's a little banged up. Yeah. Oh, maybe I, that's what it is. I think, maybe. He's still, I think he's still a little banged up, and I, I believe – Stephen Chinzo is still like a little banged yeah. up. Um, I know he, I know he's hurt so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, I, I think you know those are other possibilities. Actually, yeah, I really like Sterling Brown. I think he would definitely be an option. Um, but like, here's the other thing. Like for me, like I, I, I know you want to play like your absolutely best players, but like if I. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting the same result out of Sterling Brown or Tony Snell, I'm going to play Snell mm-hmm. because I've got him signed for two more years at like ten plus million dollars. Like, if I right. can get him to shine a little bit in the playoffs and like maybe turn his contract into, you know, a bad contract into something that's like viable and movable, um, I want to do that. Because I want to be able to move him this off season to clear that extra ten million dollars in top three for all the guys I got to resign. Um, so that's, that's another reason why, like, it, you know, if I was John Horst, I'd be like, no, oh, but like, I don't want to tell you how to coach, but like, come on, dude, like, huh? I want to keep all these guys. The owners don't want me to go into the luxury tax. If you can play this guy and he can actually be effective and we can move him, that'd be really nice. Um, so I, that's another little side piece to that. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, he made his um, debut uh, for this season uh, at the TD Garden. And he received a standing ovation, and he had some very fond things to say about the city of Boston and its fans uh, after uh, the 114-105 victory by the Denver Nuggets against the Celtics. I was, I, I I'm, I'm going to be honest, like, like just hearing him talk after the game, um, like I almost got a little choked up, man. Like you could tell, like <laughs> he's he fucking loves that place. Like he fucking loves those fans. He loves that city. Um, 
I'm just going to say it. If they lose Kyrie Irving, they should fucking sign Isaiah Thomas and have him be their backup point guard. I really – I and and I'll go one further. Not only should they sign him, they should give him um, not not an extended deal, but they, they should give him a, uh, a, a mid-level exception, whether it's the luxury tax exception or – the full mid-level exception if they can afford it. Um, just, to, like, to build some fucking good faith. Um, we got the report that came out from Anthony Davis's dad that was like, you know, essentially, like, I don't want my son playing for that team. You see what they did to Isaiah Thomas? Like, all this shit. Like, dude, if you lose Kyrie Irving, like, and you have the cap space to, like, you know, fucking um, not be in the luxury tax, like, Give give Isaiah a one one year ten million dollar uh, deal for just for one season. Like I I think one it'd be really good for your brand. Um, two I think the fans would fucking love it. Uh, three I think he could be effect in the sense of Brad Stevens seems to be like the one coach who can get the most out of him. Now, granted, he's been injured the past couple of years, but I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of his problems has been like fit. Um, and I think too, like, I, I don't think fit is necessarily his biggest problem this particular season. Although we all questioned, um, like we didn't question whether Denver needed a backup point guard or not. Obviously they, ultimately didn't because Monty Morris has just been so fucking good for them. Um, yeah. But we questioned, we did question, <laughs> yeah, but we did question like this team is not necessarily known for its defense. So adding Isaiah Thomas to it maybe isn't the best solution. Um, I do remember us talking about that. Um, but like, I don't know. I think, I think if they lose, if they lose Kyrie Irving, I could see him, being a good fit for Boston, um, backing up Terry Rozier as their starter. Um, those are like two kind of very different players. They can even play alongside each other because Terry's like six mm-hmm. three to six five, like kind of tall, lanky. Um, oh, and, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's quite that. I think I, I do think he's like six three, six four though. Um, I just I was giving myself three, a window, yeah. Joel. Um, <laughs> like, but, uh, but, but but he is. But he is lanky. Like, he's got some reach. Um, he is. He's got and, a long arm. Uh, and, and like, so, like, I feel like that's a possibility um, that you could even play them together. And I, I just think Isaiah <laughs> Thomas could one. be, like, your <laughs> – What? Yeah. Damn. Who's listening? I feel stupid. Um, but uh, he looks a lot bigger than six one on the court. I'll just say that. Um <laughs> But like, but yeah, like I mean, I I, I think okay, so maybe you couldn't play them together, <laughs> but <laughs> you could. But, but they do know. play. They, <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen them play uh, Kyrie, uh, Rozier, and Smart all at the same time. So like, I yeah. don't know. They, they catch, you know, they, they play that three guard lineup sometimes. Um, but anyway, um, I think you could. Uh, I think you could work him into this lineup. I think he could be effective as a uh, six-man type um, yeah. of player. So uh, and, what he's used to being anyway. And, right. And I and I think that, you know, um, I, 
even if it doesn't work out, just the optics of it, like giving him uh, like a $10 million contract when everybody pretty much like whether right or wrong says like, you know, you, you like playing this guy when he shouldn't have been playing may have cost him like millions upon millions of dollars. Um, I think the optics of it would look really good for them um, to give like to, to be like, not only are we going to bring you back, but we're going to give you the full mid-level exception or even the luxury tax mid-level exception way more than anybody else is going to give you since Kyrie left. Um, and, you know, like overpay you for this one season um, to give you a chance to like prove yourself as like six man. I, I think it makes a lot of sense, at least in my mind, um, you know, for, for in that, in, in that particular scenario, if you keep Kyrie, you, you can't bring him back cause he's not needed. Um, although I will say this, if you keep Kyrie, you're probably not going to keep Rozier and then you could still bring him back. You just couldn't bring him back on the um, $10 million contract, but you still could bring him back on the full uh, luxury tax right. exception. So maybe that's a possibility. Um, Though that's again, that's not that that fit isn't as good because that you definitely can't play it, it any minutes of uh, Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie with one another like that's just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> but uh, but nevertheless, I I just want to know what your you guys thoughts are on um, uh, you know Isaiah Thomas being well received by the Boston fans and 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 what are your thoughts on you know maybe him potentially, if not this offseason, but at some point going back to Boston at some point. Uh, start with you, Joel. Uh, well, you um, said everything I was going to say. Um, so I'll sum it up rather quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I don't know if I, – I, I see what you're saying and the idea – first of all, let me say this. Celtics don't care about optics. Um, that was obvious when a guy who balled out when his sister passed – um, and through an injury for you, you just let go. Uh, I mean, you traded. Right. I'm sorry, you traded. Uh, that's a bad optic. So they obviously don't care yeah. about optics. They care about winning basketball games. Um, so if not bringing him back is what's best to win basketball games, that's exactly what they're going to do. There is nothing um, tying Danny Ainge to any player. Like, um, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but um, under no circumstances do I want to see Isaiah Thomas be the guy that backs up Kyrie Irving. Under none. I don't. I don't need two guys no. that don't play defense at my point guard position. Right. Um, right. I. I just. I. I really don't. Um, but if Kyrie leaves, sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, as long as he understands, like, all right, yeah, you're technically coming back home, but like, everything's changed. Like, you're not the guy anymore, and I need you to. Uh, Make sure you understand that. Allow these young kids to develop the way that they have been. And whoever is the leader, whether it's Horford, Tatum, whoever, um, that is the leader. You listen to that guy. So as long as he gets that, absolutely no problem. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm sure the Boston crowd, excuse me, loves Isaiah. I mean, he gave you everything he had. I mean, before uh, the fourth quarter became game time or whatever they call it, the fourth quarter was Isaiah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, of course, Boston will always love Isaiah Thomas, as they should. But, again, Kyrie stays. Under no circumstances, Danny Ainge, if you go get another guy, someone who's 
very undersized for the point guard position. Well, maybe not for the point guard position, but just in in total, just undersized. The backup Kyrie. You don't need two guys that don't play a lick of defense. Just it's, that's a bad optic. That's really bad. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, obviously I said as much. I my biggest thing is I I feel like you should overpay him though. Like, I, I just, I really do. I'm not saying that it makes sense for you to do it. I just think as far as, like, an optics sense, and I think you should care, like, like I, I get that you're saying, like, Ainge doesn't really care about the optics of it all, but he should. Like, you really, like, there is a stigma around your team that you don't care about your players, um, whether right or wrong. And, you know, like, I, I feel like if you can put a little bit of that to rest by saying, you know, well, we kind of did, did IT dirty. Um, not that it was the wrong decision, but, you know, like, you know, we want to make up for it in, in, you know, some way without, you know, fucking up our future. Um, we're going to give him a one-year $10 million deal. Um you know, on on a mid level exception or nine and a half or whatever it is, um, it, it doesn't hurt your future because it's only one year, but it does make you look a lot better. It, it like it makes you look like you're like, it, like it it it's like it's like this. It's like when you fuck up, when you do something stupid, and your girlfriend gets mad at you, and like you could just fucking like you don't have to apologize. Like, it, it's not like she's, like, sitting there, like, you know, like, if you don't apologize, I'm fucking leaving you or some shit like that. But, you know, if you do apologize and, and you kind of go a little above and beyond with your apology, like, it goes a long way to making her feel like, hey, you know, like, he he meant that. Like, he you know, it, it, like, that that was really nice of him to do. Um, like, I feel like it's it's kind of that situation. Like they don't have to do it. Like, but if they did do it, like I feel like the a the fans would be very grateful. Or the fans would think it was great. Um, I think other free agents would look at it and be like, "Hey, that's fucking good on them, man." Like, glad they fucking did that for it because everybody knows. Like, everybody can look at the situation and be like, "It is not worth ten million dollars at this point." But if you fucking did that for like one year. Like, that goes a long way as to kind of putting to bed that narrative that, oh, well, the Lakers take care of their players, but the Celtics don't. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't know. I just feel like that um, – if I was in charge of the Celtics and I lost Kyrie um, and I was looking for a way to, like, drum up some kind of support, some kind of um, buzz, some kind of good uh, juju for this team, it's like, all right, let's go get – Isaiah Thomas, we're going to rebuild with this young team. We're going to keep Jason Tatum, Terry, uh, Brown, um, and, you know, just kind of roll with this unit. But we're going to go get uh, IT, and we're going to kind of overpay him for one year, um, you know, to kind of make up for, for past grievances. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just think it would be a really good look. Um, but uh, will the real Joel please speak up? Word. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm an ingredient. Uh, I like IT. I've always liked Isaiah Thomas. I always 
you know, for small, short guys in the league, I always, uh, I always seem to, to lean towards their way because they're technically like literally a walking underdog because they're so small. <laughs> and right. he's a small dude, man. He's a so good. He's not, but he's also not a, a super athletic small dude. He had to do it with his skills, you know what I mean? Oh, he, so, yeah. That's the thing. Like he, you know, he was so crafty, like and like. Yeah. He's even lost a step from that, you know. From that, yeah, right. And yeah. he was so good. And that's why uh, I think he could still be good. Uh, will he be as good? Probably not. But but I, I yeah. still think he still has something to give. Problem is he hasn't been healthy. I mean, he legit left. You know, after he got traded from the Celtics, he's, he hasn't had a healthy season since. I mean, that was his last healthy no. season. He played his ass off. Uh, through that hip injury, and it cost him two seasons, really, if you think about it. Uh, so he just came yeah. back recently, a couple couple weeks ago with Denver, and he's played okay off the bench. But even then, they, they might take him out of the rotation just because, you know, they, they already, already did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, they already not, did. Mike, for Mike, Malone, Mike Malone already pulled him from the rotation. The only reason he played last night was because they were back in Boston. Oh yeah, there you go. So that's what I mean. Like I love it. So him going back to Boston would be fun. Uh, it'd be nice for them, uh, really, especially if Kyrie's gone. If Kyrie walks, I have why not? You know, well, it can't hurt you. Uh, Terry's probably gonna end up starting anyway. He'll back up Terry. Right. People love it there, and you know he'll give you some offense as long as he's healthy. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a bad yep. play at all to bring him in to add to to, to the Celtics depth because you know he'll ball for them. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, he'll he'll give you his all, and like I think again, I think a lot of his success, you know, I mean, a, a lot of his. It's no coincidence to me that when he went from Phoenix to um, Boston, he became mm-hmm. as successful as he was, and the fact that Brad Stevens was there, um, like I I don't yeah. want to give. I don't want to give too much credit to Brad because, I mean, IT was still the one on the court doing the work. Um, but I, I do think um, Steven's system, uh, you know, cleverly designed to be able to accentuate his offensive capability while hiding his defensive flaws. And, you know, right. I, I think that, you know, to put him back in that system – even if he has lost a step, I agree with you, Joel. I, th- I still think he would be able to be some kind of contributor, even if it's only for, right. you know, I mean, if, if if you've got a starting point guard, what, a starting point guard's usually going to play like 32 minutes a game? Um, right. So even if you're only asking him to play 16 minutes a game, that's 16 minutes a game that he could give you something positive. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I think I think that's, you know, that's better than not having somebody who could give you that. Uh, so, right. um, so yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I hope to see it. I think it would be a great storyline. Um, and I think it would be, again, really good buzz for the Celtics if they overpaid him for that one year. They're just like, hey, man, right. we fucked you over. Here's $10 million. <laughs> Um, I don't. I mean, I even as shitty as that sounds, saying that out loud, like I just, I don't know. I think that would be a good. I think it'd be a good, um, um, a good gesture on behalf of the Celtics. Um, similar to, uh, you know, Mark Cuban 
maybe overpaying uh, 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 Dirk uh, in the twilight of his career. Dirk's never taken a minimum right. contract. You think Dirk's worth worth five million dollars this season? Hell, fucking no. The only reason he's getting that is because of what he meant to that franchise. Um, and now I'm not saying Isaiah Thomas means what Dirk means, but like, like Dirk, you know, is not only still getting paid, but actually made his money uh, in his prime. Uh, Isaiah Thomas never got that opportunity, so you know. Just might look really nice if you fucking did something like genuine for once, Boston. That's all I'm fucking saying. <laughs> so, you know, you know, fucking maybe treat people with respect and shit. Um, but uh, anyway, let's move on before I get myself into trouble with Luke. Uh, CJ McCollum, <laughs> he got hurt. Uh, he had a uh, uh, he went down with a, a knee strain against the Spurs Saturday night. Um, he's going to be reevaluated in one week. Um, now the the Blazers were able to win the other night against uh, the Pacers. Uh, the Pacers kind of got off to a hot start, but that you know they were able to kind of right the ship. Uh, Jawan, um, are you concerned uh, with McCollum's injury? Um, you know he's going to be reevaluated in one week. Um, he's not healthy in the playoffs. Is there any chance that they advance to the second round? Well, let me see. Do you know who they would play right now in the first round? Okay, see. Oh, no. Hmm. Uh, well, I, I, I tell you this. It would have made that series a lot more entertaining. Um, but you would just think the way Paul George is playing, even though I think OKC losing in the playoffs will strictly be because of Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah. I just I don't think Lillard can do it himself. I don't no, think so. No, I don't so. But then again, he needs, though, they need McCollum. Even though you would say that the system is different, the dynamic of the team is different, Utah was able to knock off OKC. And I don't think many people would have <sighs> thought that heading into it. Um, albeit yeah, they were seemingly healthy. They were seemingly – I know, situations are different. I'm just saying very. you wouldn't have thought OKC would have lost that series. You just wouldn't have. You, um, Utah's an elite defensive team. Portland is not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know. I'm just saying that the idea of walking into that series, I don't think many people outside of Utah fans thought Utah was going to win that series. So I'm looking at this right. and I'm okay. saying healthy McCollum – you could probably go either way, even though you'd probably lean more towards right. Paul George just based off how he's playing. But without him, I could still see Portland getting a game at home. Um, but I mean, Maybe. it doesn't make yeah. for doesn't make for good ratings for whenever that game is is on television. I will tell you that. Yeah, and like I don't know. OKC's been so up and down like recently. Like they'll have like a really good game and then a really shitty game. Yeah. Um, so. And who knows if they'll even be the 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 I mean Portland right now is the four seed, OKC is the five. Um, at least I think I don't know. San Antonio's been winning so many games. No. I don't know. They may be San five. San Antonio's five right now. Yeah. Ah, see, like San Antonio snuck up there. So like, yeah, I don't know. The the West is so hard to predict. I'll just say this: in a nutshell, I don't care who they're playing because of the stack that the West has to offer, 
if they don't have McCollum come playoff time, they're done. They, you can't win. They can't win a series without their second best player. They're not good enough to, to pull that off. They're not the Warriors. Um, they're not even the Rockets. They can't do it. They, they don't have the talent um, outside of Damian Lillard to, you know, bolster that team to be able to overcome McCollum not being there. I just don't I mean I don't see it that they, they need to get him back as soon as possible. I mean I completely doubt it, but I would say the biggest benefit that Lillard could try to lean on is that their bigs are offensive minded. Don't play a lick of defense, but are offensive minded. So if you can get sure. like a really good if you can get maybe one or two really good games out of those guys, it could go go into helping you. But it's just like it's so much stacked up against you not having McCollum yeah. on that on that floor. Yeah, maybe maybe if you had like Al Farouk Amino from like four years ago, like just playing elite defense, like maybe I'd give you a <laughs> shot. Like, hey, like you go guard KD. Like, all right, like yeah, I'd probably hold him to like twenty. Four, <laughs> like maybe, <laughs> like, uh, like, but like even like Alfred Camino is like thirty-one now. Like you, he ain't doing anything anymore. <laughs> like, um, yeah, that yeah, I don't know. That team is just it's a it's a weird team, man. They they don't like they have they have two really good players. Nurkic is okay. Um, Cantor is a weird fit, but he's been doing all right with them like he's actually been productive for them and been you know fine um it, it, Zach Collins is the guy that I wish was getting those minutes um but like he's not and I don't know what that means as far as where they are on him um just really weird just weird team and then they drafted Anthony Simons with the number 22 pick last season and he hasn't played a lick um, like he was like kind of in the same situation as Mitchell Robinson, um, as like an undeclared, um, uh, like, you know, uh, high school guy who ended up not going to college and just like training and everything. Um, and like, so the Knicks, you know, drafted Mitchell Robinson, which made total sense because they were rebuilding. But when Portland drafted Simons, I was like, why would you draft a dude like who you don't know what they are like that that made so much more sense for any team that was rebuilding didn't really make a lot of sense for a team um like portland um and of course he hasn't played at all um gary trent jr hasn't really played at all um no, none of them they no. just traded caleb yeah none they of the young guys. caleb swanigan yeah it's just weird they got a weird team man but uh joel what what's your thoughts on uh this injury that it, it, like they're gonna review it in a week um but you know i mean this is a weird injury uh i think i heard earlier that like there's this injury can go like a, a several different ways this was the injury that same kind of injury that kept k g out for so much in two thousand nine but, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there have been other instances where it's kept, you know, other players out for a lot less time. I think Danny Green had it, um, and it kept him out for, like, a game. Um, that may or may not have been Danny Green. Maybe I'm fictionalizing that. But there was a player that it, it kept out <laughs> for a game. Uh, right. Yeah, sorry. I'm not, I, I, don't have the, I don't have the stat sheet right in front of me. Um, 
But like, so it like with something in this wide range, like it, like if they don't get McCollum back by the playoffs, they're fucked, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I like I yeah. like this team more this year than I did last year, and um, I didn't going into the season. I didn't even have them going into the playoffs this season. <laughs> that playoff series against uh, right after North about really. That. Yeah, they ruined my my enthusiasm for that team. Uh, I didn't I didn't I really trust them to do anything. Or seven, yeah. seven or eight. Yeah, I didn't even have them have them making the playoffs. But yeah, they played really well again in the in the regular season. Uh, but they fortified their bench. Like, they're not playing their young guys. It's a more vet, latent bench. Um, they have been using uh, Seth Curry, uh, obviously off the bench for themselves. They use Evan Turner. Uh, they Jake use uh, Enos Canner, Jake Lehman, who's played really well this year for them. He was even starting <laughs> at one point. He's been good. He's been good. I know you don't like year. him, but he's pretty good this year for them. Um, uh, I I just don't like white guys. Oh God, come on, Nick, that's so racist. <laughs> 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 white basketball players. He's pretty good, Jake Lehman. So I'm not. I'm, I mean, I, I, I like some of them, like JJ Redick. He's all right. I'm playing this is good. David but... Lee was awesome. I love David Lee. He was a great player. Yeah, David um, Lee's good. I mean, I love Larry Bird. <laughs> I like white guys from the Hey, <laughs> the best of the white guys. <laughs> I like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> they're the not European. The, white, you like, you like... the decade the white NBA player died in the 90s. <laughs> you seem to like Kevin Herter a lot. He's white. I do <laughs> like Kevin Herter a lot. So there you go. There's There's my favorite white player in the NBA. There you go. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, in the bench for the Blazers. Definitely not Ron Baker. They picked up. No, not Ron Baker. I liked Ron Baker, but he wasn't, you know, he was an awful guy. That's really all you can say about Ron. (laughs) He played with his face. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Rodney Hood uh, was a good pickup for them, too. So they have a solid bench. That's right. They got him, They do. Their bench is pretty good. Um, Zach Collins gets some minutes here and there, but not as much as he normally uh, like norm as normally was getting. You know what I mean? Um, and then of course, I think Nurkic has been playing even better this year. Like really good. <laughs> like I've been surprised because I always had him as an okay center, but he's played really good this year for the Blazers. So he's kind of stepped up from at least in my eyes. And um, CJ McCollum really fucking sucks too because if he's not healthy by the playoffs or for any time in the playoffs, they're going to probably get screwed because uh, if they say the Spurs, they might have a chance, but at the same time, Spurs have been playing a lot better lately. <laughs> so you never know what a pop I don't think you so. Never, yeah, you're never going never gonna to count out a pop team. So um, probably not the best time to, to lose your second best player. Uh, I think they a big piece of that team. So, oof, that hurts. It sucks. Yeah, I think their best bet would be against the Clippers and even still. They didn't have McCollum. Ooh, yeah. I'd take the Clippers. Clippers are a sneaky good team. Like, they're, they're weird. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> a weird no, team. No, I know. I know. I just, like, I would I would be, if I was them, I'd be more scared of the Spurs than the Clippers. Um, just because yeah. Pop and the fact that they've been so hot lately and, like, fucking, who the fuck's going to guard DeRozan? Nobody. Yeah. And, yeah. Like I don't know, I I that Parker. that would just scare me a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I just, but like I I I think the moral of the story here is if they don't get McCollum back, they're fucked. Like which is yeah. you know that's kind of what I was yeah. saying. It's hard you know, to choose them for any series without them, basically. Right. 
Exactly. Uh, but let's move on to our final topic. Uh, so speaking of the Spurs, um, they've got a nine-game win streak, uh, six of which have been against playoff teams, and they have the best point differential in the league over the course of that streak. Uh, they look really fucking good. And the fact that they've beat six out of the nine teams that they've beat on this winning streak have been playoff teams, um, like uh, four of which have been like juggernaut teams. Uh, two of those teams were like fringe playoff teams. I think one was Miami, um, and uh, fuck, there was another one that was kind of not like a like a legit crazy good team. Um, but seriously, man, this team looks like they have figured things out. Um, it may have taken them all season. Uh, I'm a little fucking scared of the Spurs if I'm any team other than the Warriors right now. Um, <laughs> do y'all agree with me on this? Who like they if beat? You're, who they beat yesterday? <laughs> who they beat? Whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, I don't know. If I'm the Warriors, I'm not scared of anybody. I'm not saying like the Warriors couldn't possibly no. yeah. lose to any particular team. I'm just saying like if I'm the Warriors, I'm not yeah. scared of any opponent. Um, but right. like. If I'm if I'm Denver or like especially Denver, but if I'm Denver or even Houston or Portland or you know Utah, uh, yeah Utah could make it up there. Uh, yeah. Any of those teams, OKC. I don't want to fucking play the Spurs right now. I really, I'd rather play. I'd rather play the Clippers. I would, I, and I know you said Joel, they're sneaky good, and I agree with you, um, but. I'd rather play them. I'd rather play Utah. I I don't want to play the Spurs right now. Um, where do you see the Spurs? Uh, let me phrase the question like this. Um, let's say, uh, let's say out of these these kind of, I guess three. No, we'll say four teams now. Uh, out of OKC. Um, no, no, no. Let, let's 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 make it three. Because uh, OKC, I think, would, would be the clear favorite. Um, but let's say, let's say the Spurs, the Clippers, and the Jazz. Who of those three teams are like? do you not want to go up against, Joel? If you're who? It really depends on... If you're anybody. What, if you're if anybody. You're anybody? Spurs, yeah, Clippers, and like, Jazz just, right now. Uh, that's tough, man. Because, like... I don't know. This is not about the Clippers. I just don't trust them <laughs> like at all. Like right. they're scary. They scare me because they have their starters. They're actual starters on the bench. <laughs> so they're like, right. I don't really care what their starters say they are. Those like Lou Williams comes off the bench. They're finishing out the game player. with two people off the bench. Yeah. Exactly. It's that's a lie. It's all you start the game in a lie. You know it's a lie. <laughs> that's how they lure you in. <laughs> um, but they have good starters. Their starters are pretty decent. You got Patrick Beverly starting in there next to Shea Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Uh, you got Landry Shamet has been great for them also. Like you were uh, talking about, really you were talking about him earlier. Um, Danilo Gallinari, who's been really good this year. Like I, I didn't realize how good he was until it I sounds I like you at the numbers. most afraid of the Clippers. I am. I would probably be scared of most. most <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Spurs yeah, yeah. have played really well, but 
the Clippers, they've just been, you know why? They've probably been my biggest surprise, so that's why I probably give them the most credit. Spurs have been up and down that's most of the season, even though they've been good. Uh, I just, the Clippers, man, even when I thought they were going to suck, the second time they surprised me and pinned up. And they they surprised us again. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, and like that, the way that I think getting Shamit was a huge part of that because of his ability to stretch four. Um, yeah, and like yeah, they we, they, 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 they yeah, and it, like they never cease to surprise you. Um, and right, dude, they just they they continue to do it, and uh, fucking props, props to them, man. Yeah. It's just a fucking great team, uh, Jawan. Uh, out of those three teams, um, the Clippers, the Spurs, or the Jazz, what's the one team out of those three teams that, if you're one of those like two to four teams, that you just do not want to face? Well, you would think Jazz, because I think they have the better roster all around. Um, but you got to go Spurs. I mean, they're, they're the best coach out of the three teams you just named. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to bet against Pop. I mean, I, I originally thought that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Um, that was around when I thought the Lakers were going to take that spot, and I was hoping for the Kings to get that last spot. So, double oh, yeah. Excuse oh, me. Oh, no, I um, never. Well, I was hoping for the Kings to make it. I was never betting against the Spurs. I was always vehemently against <laughs> betting against the Spurs. Well, I thought I yeah. wasn't going to ever bet against LeBron. So, I mean, <laughs> I was wrong, obviously. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, when it came down to betting against the Spurs or betting against LeBron, I bet against LeBron. <laughs> fair enough. Um, hey, yeah, the Spurs I, I, got I, 20 I, years. LeBron had, what, 14. Like, let's just play the odds here. <laughs> fair enough. I, I guess, yeah. LeBron carried a conference, though. But anyway. Um, yeah, I'm going, I wasn't good until recently. I'm going, uh, I'm definitely going Spurs. I really, DeMar DeRozan to me just seems like this is the perfect system. Um, it really is. Just, it's, he's so quiet. Like he's now become like a lesser version of Kawhi Leonard, um, in San Antonio. You don't hear nothing from him. He just goes, puts his head down, plays plays really good basketball. That's it. That's all the guy cares about. In Toronto, it was, you got to beat LeBron. You got, you know, you got to overcome LeBron. Now it's just like, dude, like make the playoffs, make a splash, make some noise, and then whatever happens, happens. So I think you should always be afraid of the Spurs. Um, And I wanted to disagree with you, Nick. I do think if you're Golden State, you should look at that game a a lot closer than than you might have looked at it before because I do think Spurs are looking for that, uh, how would you say it, that revenge from that uh, whole Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kawhi thing. Pachulia saga. Uh, dude, I don't, I don't think they're, I still don't think they're good. I think they should keep an eye out, man. Especially, would you tell me, Nick, didn't you say that they seem like a liability when Boogie is on the court? Oh, yeah, defensively, yeah, they do. I mean, I don't, I don't think that You don't think Aldridge could get off on that? You don't think Aldridge could get off oh, on no. that? Have a, a few big I tol- games? I totally do. No, no, no. I totally do. Um, I don't think it would come to that. I think that Kerr would make this, the necessary adjustments. Um, I don't know. I, I trust in Kerr. I think he's one of the five best coaches in the league. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's a possibility. 
Um, I mean, because he's got a balance. He's, he, he can't make Boogie feel like a scrub. Um, but I also think – I think Boogie would probably get his numbers against Aldridge. It's not like Aldridge is a really good defender. Um, so very he right. has been – actually, <laughs> though, dominating he, actually, he actually has played reasonably good defense lately, though, um, it, surprisingly. Um, by the way, I just want I I just want to ask you a trivia question, both of you guys. Um, just throw out a number, um, and I hope you don't know the number to this. Um, how many three point attempts uh, do you think Demar Derozan has uh, attempted this year, uh, Jawan? Wow, I'm gonna say six. Just any number. Six. Okay, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Joel, all year. All year, the whole year. All year, I'm gonna go six games, guys. I know, but I don't know. That's a fucking. That could be any number from like. (laughs) No, I know, but I I, no, I get that. I'm just saying for for Jawan to guess six, that's just fucking ridiculous. Jawan's a out on the limb guy. Um, he's, he's going prices right rules, man. <laughs> Single digits. I'm gonna go with one uh doc. Um, um let's well, let's see. I'm gonna say forty five. That's pretty specific, but I'm gonna run with it. <laughs> you just looked it up. Uh it's actually it's actually forty two. Uh, I did not um, look it up, but uh thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you you pretty much nailed it. Forty-two. I God, how would you, how would you have guessed forty-five? Like I would have never. Like, had I not already known this, I would have said like, I don't know, like two hundred. Like, I mean, I yeah, would, yeah. I would, two, oh my God, he shot. Juwan, he shot. He shot two hundred and eighty-seven threes last year. Like, was he a he's only shot last year? forty. No, he was not oh, trying to. I lowballed. Right. Uh, I had no, no idea. I, 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 I lowballed, obviously. No, I but think, that's my no, point. I think Pop better understands exactly what DeMar DeRozan is good at and what he is not good at. Right. So I would have right. never thought right. he would have taken anywhere near the same amount of threes. Well, no, not but six, he, I mean, so. like I said, he shot he shot 287. So I'm like, I don't know, 200-ish. Um, and, and, yeah, yeah, that's a little high. But, like, still... Uh, like, nevertheless, like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But, yeah, he shot 31% last year. He's shooting 16% this year. But, like I said, he only shot 42. Um, and, like, yeah, I mean, it, they they seem to um, – I, I think Pop seems to get his offensive game better um, than a lot of other people do or a lot of other coaches have. Um and it seems to have worked out. It seems to have worked out in their favor, and it seems to finally be clicking. Um, I don't know. I just thought that stat was crazy. 42. Like, yeah. 42 attempts from three? He hasn't shot that little attempts from three since his rookie season. Like, My guy's he shot the mid-range. Speaking of mid-range. Rookie season. <laughs> yeah, he's a mid-range guy. But, like, still. Yeah. Like, they have two of the crazy, best man. mid-range guys in Aldridge and the Yeah, so there you exactly. go. Exactly. But like yeah, still like forty two. That's crazy. This is crazy to me. I think it's I, like I, I was like I, I when I heard the stat, 
when I heard the stat, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I think I heard that stat like three weeks ago, and it hasn't changed. So he still hasn't done a three in like three weeks. But nevertheless, uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, Joel, Jawan, thank you guys both for joining me tonight. Uh, it was a fun show, as it always is. Yes, sir. Uh, guys, always uh, is. our audience, be sure to check out um, Dane's show tomorrow night. Uh, Wrestling Geek Alliance at 7 o'clock. And we will be back Thursday, myself and Luke Alves, and maybe Juwan will make an appearance. Maybe Joel will make an appearance. We don't know. We'll see how it happens. Uh, And uh, we will, of course, be here Sunday at 8 o'clock, as always, for Geek Vibes Live. Rumor is uh, we got ourselves a fucking Quentin Tarantino trailer coming down the pipe, so I'm really excited about that. Yes, sir. Huh? Yes, sir. Indeed. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to be breaking down that if it drops, uh, and we'll be breaking down everything else uh, as well. So, join us for that. Uh, But until we see you again on Thursday, peace. Peace.